This is The Guardian. I'm Jane Lee, and this is Campaign Catch-Up, bringing you the top news and analysis about the 2022 federal election. It's Wednesday, the 11th of May. Today, political reporter Paul Karp joins me to talk about the leaders' war of words over the minimum wage. But first, here's what happened today. Prime Minister Scott Morrison was in Newcastle in New South Wales in the Labor seat of Shortland. He seized on comments the opposition leader made yesterday about the minimum wage. Anthony Albanese had supported the minimum wage rising in line with the rate of inflation of 5.1%. Today, Morrison called that a reckless move. Mr Albanese showed yesterday that he is a complete loose unit on this stuff. He just runs off. He just runs off at the mouth. I mean, it's like he just unzips his head and he just lets everything fall on the table. That is no way to run economy because that only leads, if you vote Labor, to having a leader who can make interest rates worse, who can make inflation worse. He repeatedly refused to offer an alternative rate, saying this would be disrespectful to the Fair Work Commission's deliberations on the issue. The Fair Work Commission is the appropriate body to look at all of the economic implications for where they set the minimum wage. I mean, if we wanted politicians to make this up, then that's what we would have done. And that's not wise. Workers who are paid $20.33 an hour to be paid $1 extra. That is what this debate uh, is about. Labor leader Anthony Albanese was in Sydney in the Liberal seat of North Sydney. Who are we talking about? We're talking about cleaners. We're talking about retail workers. We're talking about people really struggling to get by. Albanese said he was surprised that the issue of raising the minimum wage was not a bipartisan one. I'm the Labor leader, but I'm, I'm, I'm amazed that this is not a bipartisan issue because this is a government that had been prepared to go back, did a budget, just a short while ago, whereby they made changes to petrol, they gave $250 handouts, they did all of this cost of living relief, saying there was a cost of living crisis. Well, there is a cost of living crisis. People are doing it tough, and, and that is why there needs to be action. Last Deputy one. Prime Minister Barnaby Joyce told the National Press Club in Canberra that the militarisation of China was the biggest issue for Australia's future. How do you reconcile the tension there between, on one hand, effectively taking Chinese money for our goods, at the same time potentially arming China, helping arm China? Yeah, look, yes, it's a vexed issue, isn't it? I mean, the thing is, um, what China will respect is strength. That's why I say we've got to become as strong as possible as quickly as possible. And respecting strength means that you have to be strong across all facets of what you do. And Labor's candidate for the Sydney seat of Reid, Sally Situ, accused Liberal MP Fiona Martin of mixing her up with another Asian-Australian Labor hopeful. During a radio debate, the pair clashed on the issue of who had the closest ties to the seat. I chose to live in this electorate because I love the community. Because you found an opportunity and you couldn't run in Fowler. Christina Keneally kicked you out of Fowler too. Now she's just making things up. I mean, that's how ridiculous this debate has gotten. Labor Senator Christina Keneally won a pre-selection battle for the seat of Fowler against Vietnamese-Australian lawyer Tu Lee. Situ later posted on Twitter that Martin had either confused her for Tu Lee or misled voters and demanded an apology. 
Martin denied confusing the two women. She suggested that Situ had initially wanted to run for Fowler because she grew up there, but was displaced by Keneally. Coming up, Paul Karp is here to discuss the political controversy around the minimum wage. Hey, Paul, you're back. Hi, Jane. Yeah, I'm out of the COVID cave and back in the pod cave. Very nice. Very good to have you here. Let's talk about the minimum wage. Good oh. It seems to be the topic of the day, spark this big war of words in both press conferences today. We know that Labor, if elected, will be asking the Fair Work Commission to lift the minimum wage, and the coalition is, is not suggesting they'll intervene in the case. Albanese's supported this notion that minimum wage should keep up with the rate of inflation, which at the moment is 5.1%. That doesn't really strike me as a wild thing to say. What did you think of it? Well, it's pretty basic that uh, Labor wants the minimum wage to keep pace with the cost of living, because otherwise the lowest paid are getting a real pay cut. Uh, What makes it more controversial is that at the moment, inflation is running wild. So inflation is going to be 5.5% by the middle of the year and 6% by the end of the year. So in nominal terms, it sounds like a much bigger figure than normal to be backing 5.1%. But, you know, as Anthony Albanese has pointed out, the last year when the Fair Work Commission decided this, you know, inflation was like 1.1% and they ordered 2.5%, which in, in real terms is an increase rather than just level pegging. Mm. We know the Australian Council of Trade Unions is pushing for a 5.5% increase, but Albanese today was kind of mum on whether he would actually put the 5.1 figure in Labor's submission. Was that noteworthy at all? Well, I think what's noteworthy is that he answered a a direct question directly. He was asked, would you endorse 5.1 so that it keeps up with inflation? And he said yes. Now, I don't think that that ever meant that that figure was necessarily going to be in the submission. The submission is just going to advocate for a pay rise. And then he was asked his personal position on a particular figure. I mean, this case will have been run and done by the time the result is actually in and Parliament comes back. The case is decided in June for a pay rise on 1 July. So I, I, I don't think that, you know, our Albanese Labor government is even going to have input into this year's case. It'd more be next year's. Well, I mean, that didn't stop the Prime Minister from seizing on this in his own press conference today. He said that Albanese's comments were reckless, just a thought bubble. He suggested that offering up a figure on a suggested wage rise could lift interest rates and inflation and have these broader negative consequences for the economy that Albanese somehow not thought of. What did you make of those claims? Well, the first thing the coalition has claimed is that it's unprecedented to put a number on this. That is not correct. Labor governments in the late 80s and early 90s came to agreements with unions called the Accord, and so they had agreed on a number that they then took to the Commission. Even the Howard government in the late 90s and early noughties put an exact figure on it. In their case, they were pushing back against what unions wanted and saying it should be lower, but there was still a number in it. So it's not correct to say that it's unprecedented. It's not correct to say that it's interfering with the Commission's independence either because it's up to them whether they pay any attention to it. Now, the question about whether or not it would add to inflation is a separate question. And there, inflation has been caused by other factors like supply-side issues 
and a big surge of demand as people come out of lockdown and high petrol prices. Those have been the main drivers of inflation. Mm. But what we've actually seen is that because wage growth is so poor, wages by being suppressed are actually holding inflation back. So going to wages equal to inflation is a good thing for workers because it means that their pay is not going backwards, but it probably would have some increase to inflation because you're going from wages holding inflation back to like a neutral setting. Paul, I've obviously been watching the press conferences every day for both the leaders, and it just struck me today that Anthony Albanese performed particularly well when the topic was focused on minimum wage. He was able to frame the debaters around the most vulnerable workers and really seemed quite passionate and genuine about, you know, the way he was prosecuting Labor's argument. I just wonder whether you think this could be a turning point in the campaign. Well, I think he's getting better at not being verbaled by the press pack, you know, like if they say, oh, well, you backed down on putting 5.1 in the submission. He said, well, no, I, I didn't say that. So he's getting better at not getting verbaled. And he's also on much more familiar terrain here where he's not being asked to pluck numbers out of the sky where there's only one right answer. He's having to argue for the principle that unless the minimum wage is equal to or greater than inflation, then workers are receiving a real pay cut. And that's obviously something that he understands and has no difficulty making that case. Yeah. I mean, but it's also interesting that Albanese, at one point in the press conference, he just sort of stopped and said, this should be a bipartisan issue. This shouldn't be something that either side is fighting about really framing the debate around, you know, let's unite business and union and so on and so forth. I mean, how do you see that playing out for Morrison at tonight's final leaders debate and and into the final weeks of the campaign? I think it depends whether the coalition can generalise from this moment and this answer about wages into a broader narrative of he's making it up on the fly, you know, they haven't costed anything, uh, it's irresponsible generally, because If people were going into a ballot box thinking like, am I going to vote against a pay rise, you know, Labor would be winning the framing. But if they have more general doubts uh, and that this can add to a a bigger picture of concerns with Albanese, then it could still play to the coalition's advantage. But, you know, last election, it was a very simple message. It was like, shorten equals tax, tax equals bad. That's like an incredibly short, logical path that you're walking voters down. Whereas this today is like, you know, higher wages will add to inflation, even though, you know, wages weren't the cause of the inflation to begin with, and that will mean higher interest rates. And your repayments on the interest rates could be more than you get with the wages, and then that would be net bad. It's like it's a lot more logical steps that you have to take people through, and it's it's not really the 2D villain in, in Labor. It's a very hard picture to paint. But that's a really difficult argument to prosecute, right? Like, you better not get a pay rise because actually... That will make everything more expensive. But everyone wants a pay rise because we haven't had one for 10 years. Like, Yeah, exactly. And it's because the inflation was caused by other factors, it is making workers pay for inflation they didn't cause with real pay cuts. Yeah. A- a- anything less than wages keeping up with inflation is, is making them pay through pay cuts for something that they didn't cause. Thanks so much for your time, Paul. See you later. Cheers, Jane. That's your campaign catch-up for today. 
You can watch the leaders' final debate of this campaign on Channel 7 tonight at 9.10pm. And if you haven't yet, go and subscribe to our political editor Catherine Murphy's weekly podcast, Australian Politics. Catherine, Paul and all of the Canberra team will be answering your questions on the campaign every Saturday there until the election. Just search for Australian Politics wherever you get your podcasts. This episode was produced by Alison Chan, Daniel Simo and me, Jane Lee. The executive producer is Miles Martignoni. Our theme music is by Martin Peralta. Thanks for listening. See you tomorrow.